This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. One of the most important parts of our lives, how we take care of our bodies is important, how we take care of our minds, how we take care of our businesses and careers, but of course, how we take care of our money always comes into play. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, money, money. Now, in South Africa, every child is entitled to the necessities such as food, clothing, somewhere to live, an education, and health care. A parent holds a legal responsibility to provide for the maintenance needs of their child. However, sometimes parents don't fulfill that responsibility. So there's a system that's been put into place to make sure that parents meet their financial obligations towards their children. In this conversation, we'll be discussing child maintenance, how it works, who's liable for maintenance, some of the issues maybe that you've encountered in the child maintenance journey, and also how the money is calculated and used Gene Archery is our financial wellness coach who joins us on this conversation. And you can join us as well via WhatsApp on 083-303-7093 on all our social media with the hashtag PowerLunch and, of course, on our studio line 0861-987-000. How are you doing, Gene? I'm fabulous. And thank you for having me back talking about my favorite thing, money. I know. <laughs> I absolutely know. But money in this context can be quite contentious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think having practical experience of being divorced and being a single mom and having gone through the experience and process of applying for maintenance myself, um, obviously, I'm going to be talking a lot about that today, um, you know, and as well as bringing in the legal perspective. But it is a very contentious I- issue, a very yeah. hard topic to talk about. A lot, of, a, a lot of the times people are not open to talking about money, first of all, yes. but secondly, also when it comes to maintenance. And I think more and more women more and more moms need to start sharing their experience and dads as well, because, you know, on, on, the, on the receiving end of the stick, uh, a lot of the times dads can be taken advantage of yeah. as well in the process. So we need uh, to be, yeah. you know, cognizant of that. I'm so glad you said that because I know how sometimes these conversations can devolve into something that is quite unhelpful. Mm. And so I really want to set the intention in this conversation to have a really open, honest, frank, but also helpful conversation. So if you are on the one side feeling that the child maintenance is too high, talk to us Mm. about that and perhaps you'll get some insight into what it's being used for, what actually happens in the home, how it's distributed, and maybe a shift in your opinion will happen. Or if you're afraid to go to child maintenance court, Mm. perhaps you'll get some insights in this conversation about, yes, it's not an easy process, but there is help and it can be done. Um, And what factors uh, to to think about before going into any of these processes. So we're also going to try and and have a a less genderized conversation, (laughs) even though we do know statistically how often, you know, it's the moms who, who are in need of some extra support financially. 
Um, and, and maybe that's not even the way to put it, right? Who are in need of the other parent working with them financially. Yeah. Um, but we also do know that it happens the other way around where fathers will approach the maintenance court. Okay, so now that that's yeah. all out of the way, I'll give you the call uh, number again, 0861987000. Should we start with what child maintenance even is in the first place, Jean? Yeah, so I mean, then generally child maintenance is support for a minor child uh, and minor in this case is under 18. But obviously we know also that, you know, minor children or children that enter adulthood at the age of 18 aren't at the point of being able to take care of themselves financially. A lot of the times they are studying uh, at university or at college and haven't really entered the working world. So they're not financially independent. So obviously that uh, maintenance needs to be provided for the child, uh, whether they are minor or major, um, based on what their needs are until they are able to be self-reliant. So it is support, financial support generally, uh, that gets paid to the par- one of the parents, uh, depending on where the child is actually residing mm-hmm. and who takes care of the financial expenses related to the child. Okay, so... With that in mind, then, how do you determine what the child's needs are? Okay. And that's a very important point that you actually make because there obviously needs to be an element of fairness. And I'm talking about this from a not from a legal perspective as such. Sure. Obviously, I'm not a lawyer, sure. but I'm talking about it from the knowledge and experience that I've had in applying for maintenance myself, as well as in terms of some of the clients that I've dealt with and the conversations that I've had with them. Right. So when you're looking at the needs of the child, and again, the court is going to ask you to be fair because mm-hmm. they don't want you to be putting down a uh, list of expenses that might be exorbitant or something that the, the child has not been exposed to in their lifestyle. So when you're looking at the needs of the child, you're going to have to have your basic needs, which is your living expenses. And those are things like your rent or your bond, uh, school fees, medical aid, hospital fees, hospital expenses, if there is any any other medical expenses that's not covered by the medical aid. Any school-related expenses, so extramurals, textbooks, school books, stationery, uh, uniform, um, also personal allowance that might be included in the child's expenses, things like cell phone, data, um, any other gadgets or gear that they might need in order to be able to fulfill certain extramural functions. Um, So those are basic needs related to the child. But then there's also additional needs or additional expenses that might be incurred, mm. and those are things like aftercare, um, petrol. Um, you know, if you have a helper at home, or um, after uh, yeah, aftercare, yes. a helper at home, um, clothes, personal allowance I've mentioned. So there's uh, wh- whatever expenses are directly related to the child, or even indirectly related to the child, needs to be uh, written down. Hmm. Okay, so um, let's look at living expenses, right? I mean, we live in a country where. Um, it is questionable, but there is public health care, right? Mm. So if you're coming to the maintenance court and you're saying this is the medical aid that I'm paying, can they turn you back and say, or can the other party turn you back and say, but why don't you just go to the clinic down mm. the road? So the court is going to look at affordability. They're going to look at fairness. Firstly, what what is uh, the standard of life the child was exposed to or used to whilst the parents were still living together or married? 
And obviously, when they get divorced or separated and the, the discussions happen around, okay, where is the child going to live? Is the child going to still go to the same school? Um, so when it comes to medical aid, if one of the parents is not able to afford a certain amount to cover medical aid expenses, the court again will look at what is a fair and reasonable amount that needs to be covered for that specific expense. And fair to the other parent. Fair to both parents, yeah. So yeah. If, and obviously if one person can't afford it and the other can, there's a ratio that will be taken into consideration as well. Okay, because sometimes people say, but the child then suffers in the middle. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's a that's a tough one because, again, you know, both parents splitting, you're going to have, living in the same household, you had two incomes. You've had to pay for one bond. You've had to pay for one television, one, sure. uh, you know, uh, life insurance, one uh, short-term insurance, household insurance. Now you're living in separate households, it's double expenses. So you're going to, again, have to jot down and write down exactly what your current expenses are for managing and living in your own home, as well as expenses related to the child. And okay. then the calculation will actually be done. So it does get a little bit tricky, because especially if there's more than one kid involved. Yes. Uh, but there is a calculation and a ratio that the courts look at. But they will ask for reasonable and fair Expenses. So if, as an example, mm. you're on the highest level of medical aid, and let's assume your medical aid is 10,000 rand a month mm. for you and two kids. And if that is not reasonable in terms of the court, they will ask you to maybe look at an, a, a different uh, hospital or medical aid plan that's going to be more affordable to your partner or mm. to you, to the other parent. Mm. Um, okay, so um, the agreements in terms of things like schools, school fees, extramurals, that also comes into play in a yeah. similar way. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and again, I mean, if it's an amicable conversation between both parties, and obviously when a divorce happens, it, it, it can become quite ugly. But again, I think it's very, very important that parents remember or put the children first because mm. I think that is the primary focus and that should always be the primary focus. And sometimes it, it, it isn't because emotions get the better of us mm. and, uh, you know, we end up um, being in a situation where we might end up blaming the other parent for certain things that may have happened in the past and bringing that up in front of the kids and, and it, it, it tends to become a little bit ugly. Um, so you want to avoid that as, as much as, as you can mm. and sometimes also getting a mediator into the conversation to help with those financial discussions is also important. So that's also um, an option for maintenance. Yeah. A mediator. So when I when we decided to go our separate ways, yeah. we didn't go through a um, a lawyer or a maintenance court. We went through mediation. Mm. We, we sat uh, with a mediator and agreed on a parenting plan, and we agreed on what expenses were going to be uh, split and how that those expenses were were going to be paid. So it was amicable up till a certain point, but there was never a court order in place. I see. Um, and if that works for you and your family. Then so be it. But I would suggest having a maintenance order in place because it does reduce any issues down the line that might appear when it comes to splitting certain expenses. Okay. Uh, the lines are already going. So good. Zero eight six one nine eight seven triple zero. You can call in um, and uh, yeah, give us your opinion or your questions. Uh, we've got Jean Archery here. It's Money Monday. Uh, she's a financial wellness coach. 
and we're talking about child maintenance, how it works in South Africa, uh, and what some of the ins and outs are there. All right, this may seem like an obvious one, Jean, but who is responsible for paying child maintenance? (laughs) Usually it ends up being the dads. The dads, most of the time, uh, are the ones that pay the maintenance to the moms. Yeah. Um, but you know, it also depends on who's earning more. So if the mom is earning more than the dad and the the mom could end up, um, paying maintenance to the dad, it also, you know, where the child lives predominantly could also play a factor. So if the child lives with the dad 90% of the time, then the mom will end up paying, could end up paying maintenance. Um, if the child lives with the mom. So all of those uh, factors need to be taken into consideration. So the parent who isn't the primary residence parent... Would pay maintenance, yeah. Ordinarily would pay maintenance. I mean... Where where must this money be paid to somebody's <laughs> personal bank account? Yeah, the, so, directly to the school okay. to the transport driver. <laughs> so again, that can be agreed on in court or between the two part uh, parties. Okay, um, the maintenance can be paid directly to the providers. So if it's school fees, you can pay directly to the school, to the driver, to the medical aid. Um, or you can pay a portion to the mom for living expenses. Um, so again, it depends on what has been agreed on. Maintenance is also not cost in stone, so obviously it can increase and decrease mm. depending on whether, uh, obviously inflation needs to be taken into account. So usually maintenance uh, increases every year in line with inflation or dependent on what was agreed upon in court. Um, also, if one of the parents stops working, loses their job, uh, that can affect the amount of money or maintenance that gets paid. Uh, child's expenses might increase. So maybe then now the child is needing tuition next year. Uh, so obviously, you know, those those expenses need to be revisited, discussed and agreed upon. Now, listen, I don't know if this is an urban legend, but in preparation for this conversation, <laughs> I went onto all of these sites and Facebook groups where people talk about child maintenance. And the thing that kept coming up is people leaving their jobs so that they have no income statement so that they don't get to pay child maintenance. You've heard of this. I've heard. I've seen it. You've seen this. I've witnessed and experienced (laughs) it, not in my personal life, but I've seen it happening. Mm. Um, You know, where spouses also hiding assets, selling Mm. assets uh, just so that they can avoid that. And I think it's it's grossly unfair to the child. Um, at the end of the day, I think, you know, your child is a, is is your responsibility. It's your responsibility and bo- well, it's both parents' responsibility. So, you know, be very careful of that because obviously the courts can go back and track things. So when, mm. when you are planning for maintenance, um, the courts will ask you for six months bank statements. Uh, so you need to keep receipts. If you're in the process of applying for maintenance, make sure you're keeping all your receipts, your bank statements, all expenses related to the child. Um, so that you can actually prove that these are the expenses and that you're not just fabricating an amount. So if you're spending 2000 rand a month, as an example, on clothes for your child and you want them to maintain that standard of life uh, and living, then you need to be able to show proof and evidence of that. But the courts will ask you for six months bank statements if you are hiding and stashing money away, they they can find it. And remember, if you've been married to your partner as well, 
they obviously have an idea of what uh, assets you have and where your assets are. Yeah. So you want to just make sure that you are being transparent. Okay, so it's important then um, the other issue that comes about is disappearing spouses or disappearing uh, people. So so is there a process mm-hmm. to investigate where people are? Yeah, and that's why it's important to have a maintenance order in place to protect yourself as well as your child. Because a lot of parents, a lot of moms that I've uh, had conversations with just find that that whole process is just cumbersome and draining and takes up too much of their time and their energy. And especially if the child is living predominantly with them, it means taking time off from work Mm. to go to court. Uh, you know, and, and obviously, you know, the court system is not, um, you know, you don't just go to court and appear once. It's a process. It could take six months. It could take a year. It could take two years, depending on the backlog, depending on whether you have all your paperwork and depending on your partner as well or the other parent. So, you know, so it, it, the, the, the process is just very draining on a lot of single moms mm. out there who have um, full responsibility of their kids. And so a lot of the times they feel that they don't want to go down that road. And so it's just easier not to do anything. But if you are in a position and you especially if your child is quite young, because you've got to pay maintenance, you've got to support your child until they are self uh, dependent, which isn't 18. Okay? Exactly. It isn't 18. It could be 25. 26 even sometimes even 30 <laughs> let's not go to 46 <laughs> yeah but in some cases it I've heard, no I've heard of some cases like yeah, that yeah. so you've got a long road ahead of you especially if you've got more than one kid who's young so you want to make sure that you, you see this process through it is worth the effort I promise you just having that paper in place because again you know if your partner, if, if the parent, the other parent's um, income increases, you have now, obviously, you can go back to the courts and say, well, his income has increased or her income has increased. I want to relook the calculation. I want to relook how much he's, the, uh, the other person is contributing. But going back to the missing person or yes. the missing parent, <laughs> I mean, if the parent is missing, obviously, there is ways that they can track them down. It, it's not always, yeah. I mean, they can issue a summons, but they need to have an address to be able to issue a summons to find the person. But again, you know, it's it's something that you have to do for, for yourself as well as for your children. You said that there's a checklist mm-hmm. um, of the the things that you need to bring. Because another big part is this process yeah. of, of going where, first of all, is the code? Uh, yeah. And then what do you have with you? And I know in South Africa... It's two, three taxis to get there, two or three Mm. to get back. So it's quite a laborious process. So let's delve into just the actual step-by-step nitty-gritty of uh, the application process. And then, Jeanette, I see you. Sammy, I see you. And if you've got some voice notes for us on 083-30-37093, we'd love to hear those as well. We've got Jean Archery in studio with us. And we're talking about child maintenance in our Money Monday segment on Power Lunch on Power 98.7. Right now, it is just about 2.30. Let's find out what's happening in the very latest Power Headlines. Speak up. Call the Power Line on 0861-987-000. Absolutely. That is the number to dial. We're talking child maintenance on Power Lunch on Power 98.7. 
We thought on a Money Monday, this is such an incredibly important aspect of uh, money management. Um, and I want to get to that point as well. If you are the parent who's paying maintenance, how can you better manage your money so that you can do what's right for your children in the long run? But we're not quite there yet. Let's go through the nitty gritties uh, of how the process looks with Jean Archery, our financial wellness coach. First, let's speak to our callers. Uh, Jeanette has called in. Hi, Jeanette. Hi, Bobby. How are you? Great. Thank you. Welcome. I'm good. uh, Thank you, Bobby. Bobby, Mm. I would like to talk about how the court calculates maintenance. Okay. It's so unfair to the person who has a custody of a child. Talk to me. I'll give you an example, Bobby. Mm. You find all the I'm I'm getting like custodian one and I'm also paying medical, I'm also paying some other stuff. Then one only agency operation, for mm. example. Mm. Then the medical says one co payment. If I everything that needs money and it doesn't uh uh maintenance, I'll be like a child a, a crying baby who was last week. Because if I can come to God Kiri, I can this guy give me one It will be a roller coaster of three years. Because mm. in court first because it drains emotionally as a person. But because they have money, they don't have but it drains emotionally. They're looking after their well being. And secondly, when the court also calculates this thing, they say they look at the basic needs. Mm. And then they will tell you what the basic needs are. But if you get some money, and then regular talks with you, but if you close the people the people they don't even if we write them down, I'm, I'm I can tell you many things that even there's a there's a uh, that page yeah, the others and others and mm, what what mm. everything they, they accommodate there. But when they calculate and when you tell them I say, Hey, we look at the basic especially mm. when you're a person who doesn't afford a lawyer or you are not a famous person and you represent yourself with the little knowledge that you know, ne? Mm, mm. Hey, we 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 see the right the how they will come to say the basic needs is uh, uh we look at those things. You find only her quarter iri info one thousand five with this to this wealth more pillar more thing. And then mm. when I have to maintain it, I maintain a chat. Oil more only twenty two potentiary. Our laptop is in a hill. I have to buy laptop. Catch a little act. If get a quarter, get a regular laptop, get ten thousand. It will be a three years roller coaster. And then in some along way in Nahore, Rina, Ribu, Coco Cop, especially people who we don't afford the lawyers. People lend come on one thousand. Three thousand. In ink, you know, this is a drop compared to what we are doing. So you're and saying one thousand five. The court yeah, says. I'm you, yeah, mm. I'm telling you, the court needs to figure themselves out how they calculate these things. Because you learn coaching the learning, you have to go over annually for increase. It's mm. another roller coaster. It's emotionally draining. So and roller coaster, oh, Janet, what does the roller coaster mean? Oya, hafeza, hafeza. Roller coaster meaning. If a person argues, okay. when you're dealing with the argument out of nothing, it will be like bringing the, your expense. Mm-hmm. Okay, we postpone to this. It's not roller coaster. Before coffee, 
hey, this is the final thing. I cannot pay this. And you are like, dude, I'm also working. I don't want your money. I just want you to do what you can do for your mm. child. You understand my point? What do you and think they could say, do different, Jeanette? What they can do different. They mustn't tell us they, 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 should, they are looking at the basic needs. Because when you say the basic needs, you look at the clothes, the school, and the whatever. And I pay for the lights. I also pay for the house. They don't look, even if you write them down, it's just for statistics. Okay. They don't consider them. Thank you, Jeanette. <laughs> Thank you. And unfortunately, I'm, I can hear that you've walked this yeah, path. It I'm is, so sorry. It is very frustrating. Yeah. And I mean, to be honest, I think there are times when yeah, I think the justice system needs to review and define what basic needs of a child is. Sure. Because as your child grows, there's expenses that you might not think is basic, but is actually basic, you know, in terms of raising your child. Um, so I've, I've, I feel your, your pain, Jeanette. Mm. So how the courts actually work is when they look at, as an example, your indirect expenses, things like your rent, if you've got a car, if you've got transport, petrol, um, household insurance, those are indirect expenses. But so the court will say to you, you as an adult still need to have a house to live in and a car to drive around in uh, or petrol to pay into the car or put put into the car. So they'll look at those basic expenses and they'll say, well, if you've got, as an example, let's say you've got two other children, mm -hmm. there's three people now living in your household. So 50% of those expenses will be allocated to you. So you as an adult are responsible for paying 50% of those expenses. Because if you've got, because you have two children living in the house, they will say, okay, another 50% will go towards, will be allocated towards the children. So if your rent, as an example, is 10,000 rand, 5,000 Rand of that will be an, uh, an your expense and the other 5,000 Rand will be allocated as a direct expense to the children or indirect expense to the children. So if you've only got one child, it will only be 25% because the court will say you still need a house to live in. Um, you know, so that part will not be calculated, um, will be excluded from the calculation. So if your overall cost is 10,000, this is the example we're making, yeah. only... Half of that in you've this example, because you've got two children, yeah. will be allocated as, an, as the child's as expense. The child's expense. Yeah. yeah, and then obviously, and then on a sliding scale, that five percent will be split between yourself and your so, child's other parents. So let's say it's five thousand rand from the rent. Then yeah. say you've got school fees, and let's say school fees works out to another five thousand rand for both children. Mm -hmm. So that is now ten thousand rand worth of expenses that the child has incurred by living with you. The next thing that they're gonna do is they're gonna look at what is your salary yes. and what is your the father's salary yeah. or the other parent's salary. Yeah. Then they will look at, so if you're earning more and they're earning less, then they will work out a ratio that will be um, calculated. So as an example, if you're earning more, maybe your contribution would be 70%. And because the father is earning less, his contribution would be 30%. Okay. So then it's, you are responsible for 70% of the 10,000 Rand and he would be responsible for 30%. Now, in as much as you need to uh, come with receipts and mm. know what everything costs, 
do does the other parent also come with hey well look i also have all of these expenses and so i can't afford that much yeah. Yeah. because remember he might have another family yes. that he needs to yes. take care of as well so that also then comes into the conversation okay. sure um so yeah there's a whole lot of things that need to be taken into consideration 1500 rand out of curiosity i i would i would love just a phone blitz you can even be anonymous on whatsapp what is the maintenance amount today that you are receiving or that has been in your maintenance order, whether you're receiving it or not? But just what is the that number? I'm very curious to know. 0861-987-000 or send us a WhatsApp on 083-303-7093. Hell, send me a DM uh, <laughs> with my name and you can be anonymous. I won't say anything just so that we can get an idea of what types of amounts people are receiving for how many children and if that's working out for you. Let's speak to uh, Anonymous in Pretoria. Hi, Anonymous. Hi, Pavi. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Welcome. You know, Pavi, I am divorced. I am just calling and saying I've got first-hand experience with the court. It's as if courts will always favor rich people. My ex-husband could afford the lawyer. And then, yes, I was given a maintenance of 5000 for two kids. And then he was paying school fees, and then he was paying medical aid. When there was no savings, this guy literally told me that if there are no savings in, on medical aid, and then the child is sick and whatnot, I should borrow money from my friend because he will never refund me from uh, without a receipt. So this meant that he was not the first contact when there is crisis. He last contributed this 5,000 for these two kids in 2018. Mm. I'm talking about the person that we did not share anything when we divorced because I couldn't afford the lawyer. We had three properties. He gets salary, he gets rent, and then he is not paying this 5000 mm. Then he moved the medical aid to Metropolitan Medical Aid. And then most of the doctors that I use and the hospitals, they don't accept medical, uh, Metropolitan uh, Medical Aid. Mm. And then I was forced to put these kids under my medical aid mm. because I realized that if one of these kids is supposed to be admitted, I will have a problem. Mm. So now the only thing that he does is to pay the school fees. No food, no 5000 no uh, uniform, no medical aid, nothing. And then you go to court and then they say, okay, but he has got another child. Okay, but he earns 10000 What about you who stays with the child? One minute the child has lost a jersey. You have to buy this jersey. And We're not happens, going to court eh? to mm. get a jersey. Mm. One minute a child comes back and then the child has got headache. Mm. You need to go maybe get neurofence, stop pain, whatever you mm. call it. Mm. You're not going to call this person and mm. say, can you please give me 50 land? Mm. The court will always favor the person who has got money for the lawyers. This thing that is about the child, I think it's about the child 40%. Is about money generation for the lawyers, uh, 60%. Mm. I've got first-hand experience with this kind of 
baby daddies. And remember, I did not do kids with this with this guy before marriage. We were married. That's why I got kids with this person. Hmm. Anonymous, thank you for sharing your story. And again, another one very similar to Jeanette. Uh, I mean, what do you even say in a case like that? Yeah. yeah, you know, and yeah, it is a tough one because, you know, having a legal support is important. The courts do provide legal uh, support to you, even if you can't afford a lawyer. So, yeah, I mean, I think that is something that, you know, you would want to explore further. Let's speak to Mpele, who's on the line. Mpele, hi. Hi, Papi and your guest. Thank you for taking my call. Welcome. I just want to comment or make a suggestion mm. because I have lived and experienced it with my siblings and their divorce. And I feel that the court is providing a lip service when it says everything is in the best interest of the child. I think the court needs to review that statement, the best interest of the child. And I'll give you a simple exam- example. It's not about a woman or a man. It's about parents being responsible for their children. If you can afford a monthly expense of close to 18000 for a luxurious car, and you actually put in that as a fact that these are the expenses, mm. and you say the child only can get one5 I mean, mm. the court is not acting in the best interest of the child because the best interest of the child will be the need of the child are this. Instead of going down to a medical aid that would not suit best the child, you must go down on the car of 18,000 and mm. get a, the, the point of you having a place to move from one place to another. Mm. Get a cheaper car. Mm. Then I would say... Oh man, if they can review that <laughs> yes, and yes. look at that and and beyond the expenses that people are saying, also look at the assets. Also look at the mm. things that are being said. We are actually these are my expenses. As parents, we are supposed to sacrifice for our children. Yeah. That's my feeling. There's a room to have that change in the way the looks at the maintenance. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, so the child costs are what's left over yeah. after the yeah. expense of car or the expense yeah. of clothes. Which is not, which is not fair. It That's a tragedy, mm. actually. Yeah. Uh, Sam, you're in Olifansfontein. Hello. Hi, how are you? Good and you? Good, good. I, I think maybe let me give a perspective from a male side. Okay. <laughs> because I also had experienced these issues of maintenance. Mm. And in my case, I think the court was fair, the court was reasonable. Mm. Whereby you find yourself as a father, when you love your child, Mm. the child is used against you. Mm. You know, the mother will take the child to an expensive school that they cannot cannot afford, but they want you to to pay for it. They want to squeeze you so hard that you cannot move on with your life. So when she took me to court, before that, I was spending more than 8000 a month. You know, when I went to court, the court said, you know what? School fees of the child is going to be 50-50. Hello? We're here, we're listening. Yes. And the mother took the child from the expensive school to a less expensive school as a result of that ruling. 
Then the mm. mother said, well, the child is on my, my medical aid. Mm. Then I said, well, fine. I will pay the 50% of the school fees. And then what is the reasonable amount for maintenance? The court said, well, pay 700 because half of the time the child is with you. Mm. When you want the child as per your court order, you spend money to go and fetch the child. You contribute to the child's uniform, the child this and that and this and that. So for me, I think the court is fair. They are doing a stellar job. It is just maybe from the female side, uh, they have a bit of issues. But for me, it worked. So is that 700 rand, in your opinion, that's fair, that's enough, the child is fed, everything's good? Look, uh, half of uh, the fourth night, the child is with me. Mm. Whenever the child needs things that are not part of the main the maintenance order, I buy those things. Okay. The child wants a PS5 the mother cannot afford. The child asks me, I will buy it. The child wants clothes. I, the court said, oh, you will also buy clothes. Three, three thousand, three times a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I do. Yeah. School fees pay pay your fifty percent. That I do. School trips, it is not there, but when they ask me, I do. So this is what but, I've always wondered: isn't the maintenance the overall amount that goes to school fees, medical aid, etc.? Because it sounds. In two of the examples that we've heard so much, thank you, Sam, thank you for calling in, um, that dad or mom can pay the school fees and then there's still an extra amount for maintenance. Mm? Yeah, so again, it depends on what was discussed and what was agreed. Mm. Like, uh, So there might be a certain portion that is paid to directly to the providers or a portion for school fees, medical aid, and then a portion will go to the mom or wherever oh, okay. the child lives for living expenses. Yeah. So to be able to pay for things such as food, uh, personal toiletries, clothing might be included in there. But there's also instances where the court might say, okay, well, you know, as in Sam's example, clothes are not allocated every single month. They're yes. saying, okay, three times a year, you can go and buy clothes for 3,000 rand at a time. So in those instances, there could be additional clauses in the maintenance amount that says, um, every every three months, we're going to buy clothes for 3,000 rand. And this I is how it's going to be split. Sam. He felt squeezed by the mm. the uh, school fees, but could so does that mean he couldn't afford it? The mom couldn't afford. From what I, I gathered, I, he said the mom couldn't afford the expense of school because yes. the court said fifty percent. They need to split it. 50, no, I'll tell 50. you why. Because sometimes, and I'm not saying this is Sam's story, but if one party can afford the expensive school fees, and you go. But look at again this car is one hundred and eighty thousand whatever, um, and you go all right. So let's try and give our child the best. I just wonder how mm-hmm. the court overlooks whether some of these issues. It's not just paper yeah. and calculations. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, almost every time. It's a lot more than that. It's, it's high emotions. Yeah. Yeah. And also, look, the, the role of the mom, if the child is living with the mom and the, and the dad is, 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 is paying a higher amount, yeah. often the mom's responsibility is to pick up, drop off from school. If the child is sick, she's the one taking time off from her. So her time is not factored into this whole equation. Of course, the child is living with her predominantly, uh-huh. but okay. in certain instances, that is not taken into yeah. account. Okay. So the da- dad is able to focus and concentrate and build his career while the mom has certain responsibilities, which now mean impact her ability to earn more. This is very, very interesting. More. All right. Anonymous, you're in Pretoria. Hello. 
Hi, baby. How are you? Great, and you? <clears throat> yeah, I I have an eight-year-old mm. boy. Uh, when 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 he was born, mm-hmm. I have been maintaining um, one thousand five hundred, uh, and then I pay. Um, the person who will look after the boy, and then I also put clothes twice a year. That is around winter and then around summer. Mm. So what happened is that the mother now started demanding. Um, I do everything, and she wants four point eight. The baby was just um, a few months. So now um, she decided on her own that she will return all the money that I sent to her. And when she returns the money, when I send it back, she returns it. So when I take, when I go buy clothes, take them to her, she throws them to the street. And this thing has been happening until yeah. I, I, I realized that, you know what, um, instead of me wasting money, I, I tried to speak to her mother, then, mother, can, can you assist? Mm. I want to maintain my child. Mm. But it was, it was war. Mm. And and you're saying under- was. How are you now? War. What's going on now? What's going on now now that I'm unable to see my child, mm. I'm unable to maintain my child, I'm unable to do anything. I don't even have access to that child. I have been speaking to her that, you know what, I want to have a relationship with my, with my son. Sure. Um, I will do everything that it takes so that I can be able to have a relationship with this child. Money is not a problem. I will do anything, mm. but just don't overcharge me as if I'm paying installment of some sort. So now mm. I, I, I went to court. I explained my story and then we are going to court on the 21st. Okay. This, this person, um, she was, she was really not working. Um, she was working at, um, Shame Anonymous, we've got like three other calls and we've got three yeah. minutes, but I'm glad that you've taken it to that level to, to go to court, to get all of the extra and other emotional stuff under control. Um, and I know that they separate the contact access issues mm-hmm. from the maintenance, maintenance. issues. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, that, I mean, what is, what is, what happens to us mm-hmm. all as the men and the women, they've given you X amount for maintenance and you send it back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's speak to Knowledge, who's in Swahili. Hi, Knowledge. Hi, Papi. Thanks for the beautiful show. Okay. Good afternoon to Hi. you and your. I've got yeah. Jean here, yeah. Yes. You, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I have got two questions mm-hmm. and quick ones. Uh, for instance, when, when someone says, let, let's say this, children must never be uh, you know, interpreted to be commodities. Number one, we didn't, we shouldn't do that, and whether it's a male or female. But the other thing, the question when you say let's do the what is best for our child or what is best for the child, I don't understand best from whose perspective, whose spectacle, 
are we looking at this best and what determines best? Sometimes we use words that would actually uh, catch up with us and we'll realize that we didn't know what we're doing. Mm. We should look at the basic welfare of the child, where a child is more comfortable. And in fact, the child is a recipient. We should actually measure the outcomes of what the child is receiving and it's giving him or her good from our efforts in upraising the child or raising up the child. So whatever that we do, we must never compete because there are parents who affordability is not a problem. But they will tell you, is the school good enough? That's my question. Sometimes emotions get the better of us. That's it. Thank you, Knowledge. And that's exactly what I was saying to the last Mm. um, scenario that was painted. We're all guilty of that. There's a lot going on there. There's a lot going on. Okay, so Mpele with the child costs, Jeanette, uh, you can comment on the two gentlemen. Um, uh, Bernard saying, I don't think many fathers have a problem with paying maintenance. The issue is affordability. A mother needs to be reasonable and not use a child as a source of income. Uh, But a father needs to remember that things are expensive and they need Mm -hmm. to dig deeper. Hence, I'm asking this question about, is is 1,500, 700 rand... Is that normal? That's what's happening in South Africa from maintenance court. Um, uh, please, can you ask your guest? Here we go, Mbulelo. Uh, uh, is a child over 18? What? If a child is over 18, who is liable or allowed to lodge a maintenance claim? The kid or the mm-hmm. parent? I think, I think the child actually gets involved in uh, registering a claim. So at my age, can I go register a claim? You know, if you're financially dependent on somebody. (laughs) (laughs) Your final comments, Jean. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, again, uh, know your rights. Know uh, for for both parents. Both parents need to know their rights and do what's in the best interest of the child. Yeah, yeah. A conversation we should have on a regular basis. And we always say this at the end of these good, good, good ones. Thank you for all of your calls. Thank you for, like, our spirits just being here focused on the facts because I know it can become incendiary and it's uh, better always to have a helpful and healthy conversation. Hey, listen, tomorrow's Tuesday. Yeah. So let's go enjoy our Monday afternoon. God willing, we're back together again between midday and three tomorrow. Thank you, Jean Archery. And thank you, our power listener. All the best. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.